4: Desires. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception
3: will change everything.
0: Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
3: Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, Monday through Thursday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific. Starting at 10.30 p.m. Pacific on Fridays on Ground Zero Radio. Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback on this or any of our other shows. You can listen to The Secret Teachings, as some of you might be now, in the free archive at www.thesecretteachings.info or anywhere else you listen to radio shows or podcasts. I ask you to please, especially on Apple Podcasts, to leave us a review and let us and others know what you think of the show. If you'd like to get the ad-free version of the show, you can also do that on the same website, thesecretteachings.info. You'll get access to the show's montages, my digital books, and a private RSS feed. If you support us, as most of you have, directly or even indirectly, like letting us know what you think about the show, you keep us on air Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Monday and Tuesday this week, if you miss the shows, we're very heavy on the HP Lovecraft. And for some people, I know that's a very dark subject. And you might want to, because I have people that email me and ask me this, you might want to know my take on more current events. So every once in a while, we'll do a current event type show or something that is more mundane or something that is more, let's call it political or parapolitical. And tonight, I've chosen not one or two or even five or ten subjects. I've chosen as many subjects as I possibly could. I started out with the concept of Stockholm Syndrome and Munchausen by proxy and gaslighting psychological conditions and states. And I just started, and I normally don't do this, I started writing kind of an idea for the show. Usually just have an idea and then do the show. Usually some articles or some studies or whatever. Tonight I actually started writing. I wrote this like maybe 15 paragraph piece on what I wanted to talk about tonight. And I think the reason that it took me so long, it took me about an hour to write this, uh, took me about an hour to put all this together. There are just so many things that I've heard, news clips, audio clips, videos, things that I've been meaning to put together into at least into a file for several months now, actually, and I just haven't. Done it. I don't know. I don't know why. I'm usually very, uh, very on top of whatever it is that I, I think I need to get a copy of, whether that's a document, an article to print something out. I think it's because I'm more interested in the occult, and I'm more interested in looking at contemporary events through occult lenses, if you will. Uh, like January sixth is the Feast of Epiphany, and I'd like to look at January sixth as that, as opposed to a quote insurrection at the Capitol. But when we look at those kinds of subjects, things that are considered political, I always have to start those types of shows out by stating, and I I have no intention in stating this except to let you know that I am trying to be as objective as possible in my analysis of of what we discuss uh, pertaining to political things. Um, I am not a supporter of former President Donald Trump, and I am not necessarily opposed to many of the things he did. I'm sure I could even find one or two things Joe Biden has done that I agree with. It doesn't mean that I would support him. So I'm not a Democrat, although I used to be, and I'm only a registered Republican now because I voted in the primary in the general election here in Arizona. Otherwise, I've been a registered independent. So before we can even start, that is important to know. And if if it doesn't, you know, if that doesn't mean anything to you, then that's, you know, it's whatever. But I, I state that because I, I want people who have never maybe heard this show before to, to listen and, and think, okay, this guy is really approaching this subject from, well, at least he says it's an objective point of view. I'm trying to be objective. I don't really have a political party or stance that I'm defending. I'll go after both or more than two. Uh, three or four, whatever party you can find me, whatever identification, I'll go after all of them because that's, as a broadcaster, I think, fair, and that's kind of, I think, what I'm supposed to do. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, in compiling all this information tonight, there are a lot of things that I'm going to play on the show that I think, if you're interested in these, these topics, you'll want copies of the audio. So you'll have an entire broadcast from start to finish tonight so you can just go through it and it again, it's free in the archive. Most of you know that there are advertisements placed there, but if you, especially if you have a subscription, you get the show ad free and then you, you can just go in and you can timestamp or you can pull out the audio clips for yourself. Or, you know, if you, there's something specific you want, you know, people email me all the time. My, my, I want to show my mom, my dad, my aunt, my brother, my sister, something that you talked about on the show. Can you send me that article? Can you send me that clip? well, you're going to have a lot of these clips on the show tonight that might, in some cases, are really difficult to find, but I've got copies of them, and then you can just take this show and you can share it, you can cut up the audio, whatever you want to do with it for tonight's broadcast. So gaslighting. Gaslighting really has become a mainstay, a cornerstone, a pillar of establishment politics. Actually, gaslighting is kind of the foundation of every conversation, every interaction, every discussion, every debate that we have. I've said it before, I think that debating is misinterpreted. Debating doesn't mean that you fight and argue and you hate each other more after you're done debating than you did before you started debating. The point of debating is to present an idea, to make an argument there isn't necessarily a right or wrong way to debate or a right or wrong answer or right or wrong perspective, let's call it. But you're supposed to present an idea, argue your point of view, and then the other person does the same. And hopefully in the end, you come up with a, a solution to a particular problem, or at least you offer a solution that sounds better than the other person. You offer a better observation a better argument, a better policy. And if we're really working toward the same end, which we are supposed to be in American politics, doesn't matter what party you are, you're supposed to be working for the people, then we hopefully, no matter if we agree or disagree, we can at least acknowledge that the person we're debating or discussing something with might have a good idea. And let's try that. But that's not how it works anymore. Debating is calling names, classical political mudslinging, as they call it. And not only is it calling names, but virtually all political debate now is reduced to fallacy. It's reduced to us versus them, uh, the false dilemma. If you don't agree with what I'm saying, then there's no other way to look at the subject. You're just wrong. And it's not that you're wrong because of a hard fact or hard science or hard data. It's because you don't have the right color tie, etc. So, for example, if you don't like high gas prices, oh, I know they're down at two ninety-nine dollars at least here in Tucson. I know they're down around $3. It's still a lot more than you were paying a couple of years ago, but they raised them so quickly that you got used to the high prices like the really high prices, like almost five dollars a gallon here in Arizona, way more than that in California, about five dollars a gallon in New York and other places. Some places cheaper, some places more. They got you used to the five dollars a gallon from about a dollar ninety-eight, which is what I was paying when I lived in New York. And then when the price comes down, you get used to that adjusted, inflated price of now three dollars, which is about a dollar more than you were paying a few years ago. Now the $3 is actually cheap gas. And I'm aware of that, but I even think, oh, look, two that's cheap. No, $1.98 was cheap. But now they've got you convinced that $3 is cheap. That's gaslighting, and, and I mean a literal gaslighting. But they tell you, if you don't like gas prices, then just buy an electric car. This is what Pete Buttigieg said, U.S. Secretary of Transportation. He said, that way, quote, You never have to worry about gas prices again. Now, that's the same Pete Buttigieg who was dropped off with his bike in an SUV in Washington for a photo op that suggested he rode his bike to work because he's a very green person. He's a green secretary of transportation. Just ride your bike. Now, if we all do what Pete Buttigieg does... We have giant SUVs we put our bikes in, and then we take our bikes out of the SUVs and tell people we're green. We ride our bikes everywhere. If you're Pete Buttigieg, you tell people that you won't have to worry about gas prices if you just buy an electric car. Now, I have two clips from Pete Buttigieg, and it's not the one where he's singing a gay national anthem with little kids, which is disturbing enough and should have nothing to do with the position of Secretary of Transportation, but that's neither here nor there. Pete Buttigieg says that he's amazed, he's astonished, is the word he uses, that people don't just buy electric cars. Is he tone deaf? Is he incompetent? Is he ignorant? He's certainly negligent. Pete Buttigieg says the more pain, the better. The more pain you feel, the better, especially for those people that can afford the electric cars so take a listen to these two clips
4: of course the more pain we are all experiencing from the high price price of gas the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles i'm still astonished that, that some folks uh, and, and I, I felt this I was testifying in congress yesterday um, some folks seem to really uh, struggle to let go of the status quo
3: So he's astonished that people won't let go of the status quo, but in order to let go of the status quo, they have to have money, which they don't have to pay for gas, to buy an electric car, which on average is, if you want the same kind of gas mileage, you want the same kind of distance, on average it's at least twice, perhaps three times as much as the average cost of a gasoline-powered car. But he's astonished that you can't afford it. And it's because of policies enacted by people like Pete Gig, that you can't afford regular gas, let alone an electric car, or, for that matter, you can't afford to pay your power bill. You know, I just read a story that in Paris, France, you know the place where if you want to be a world-renowned chef, you go to learn how to cook? You know the place that probably more than anywhere else in Europe, they are obsessed with food and the quality of food? They have people in Paris, and they've got protests going on still. Who cannot afford to buy food, who cannot afford to pay their power bill. This is in Paris, France. This isn't in a third world country. This is in Paris, France. They cannot afford to buy food or pay their power bill. Not everybody, but some people. That's a terrifying idea that that could happen in a place like Paris. But again, it's because of people like Pete Buttigieg. it's because of Macron, you know, the, 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 the god. He says he's a god. Literally, he just says, I'm a god. I'm going to rule this country like Jupiter. He literally said that. So Pete Buttigieg, U.S. Secretary of Transportation, just buy an electric car. You won't have to worry about any kind of fossil fuels. You won't have to worry about the prices. The pain that you're feeling, that's a good thing you're feeling pain. And he's astonished that you just can't afford that car. Let me play that for you one more time so you have the clip.
4: Of course, the more pain we are all experiencing from the high price of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. I'm still astonished that, that some folks, uh, and, and I've, I felt this testifying uh, in Congress yesterday, um, some folks seem to really uh, struggle to let go of the status quo.
3: Just buy an electric car, let go of the status quo. If you can't afford it, too bad. So that's what Pete Buttigieg said. Now, if inflation is still too high for you, the cost of living, including gas, is beyond what you can afford, then you need to do what Stacy Abrams, who is by far one of the biggest quote-unquote election deniers and who has refused to concede in the race for governor more than once, Stacy Abrams, ran for governor of Georgia, suggested that you should just have an abortion. After all, she said, having children, quote, is why you are worried about the price of gas. Now, I don't know about you, but there are plenty of people who don't have children, who don't want to have children, and I'm pretty sure they're worried about gas because it costs a lot. And when you have to pay more for gas, you usually have to pay more for food as well. You don't get to do the things that you want to do because you can barely afford to do the things that you have to do. So Stacey Abrams says that you can't separate abortion and gas prices. It's because of gas prices being so high that people aren't able to, not able to afford them. So because of that, you need to have an abortion. Here is Stacey Abrams making that argument.
0: I just asked you, you're running for governor of Georgia. Uh, I would assume, maybe incorrectly, but while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with?
5: But let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. And so these are. it's important for us to have both and conversations. We don't have the luxury of reducing it or separating them out. But we also have to talk about what a governor can do. A governor can address housing prices.
3: So Stacey Abrams makes an argument here that, well, maybe on the surface, it makes some, some kind of sense. I mean, if you can't afford to pay for gas, you probably can't afford to have a child. But you also probably can't afford to go eat at the restaurant you like or go to the movie or do anything else. So it's not intimately tied to abortion. But people like Stacey Abrams are so obsessed with abortion because, you know, she's the lady who's a token with dark skin who basically works for the Klan. Just like Margaret Sanger said, we need to get black preachers to go out into public and to convince black people to abort their children. That's what Stacey Abrams is. She's one of the ministers in the Planned Parenthood cult worshiping the corpse of Margaret Sanger. And everything comes back to abortion. Don't pay attention to our policies that make everything more expensive don't pay attention to how dangerous society has become in some cities, even if it's still safer than some other countries. Just focus on abortion. If we can have abortion on demand, then gas prices won't matter so much. Now, I can't help but think that although those are two different arguments, Stacey Abrams and Pete Buttigieg, just buy a electric car, pain is good, and Stacey Abrams saying, well, we can't. Separate these two things: abortion and high gas prices. It's coming from the same place. Two separate arguments, but they're doing the same thing to you as a listener. I mean, this is the Secretary of Transportation and a woman who is a well, an election denier who won't uh, won't acknowledge the fact that she's lost the governor race in Georgia more than once. Uh, a woman who is uh, well, clearly, by listening to that clip, she's clearly delusional and psychotic. Uh, this seems to be outside of policy and outside of political viewpoints on things like hot topics such as abortion, this seems to kind of be the standard model for how politicians handle themselves now. Everything, no matter what it is, comes back to the core issue. But more than that, it's still your fault. If you can't afford gas, that's your fault. You should own an electric car. If you can't afford gas, then stop having children. Have an abortion. It's not just a singular issue or a series of singular issues. It all comes back to it being your fault. It's your fault. It's not their fault for their policies. It's not their fault for their negligence or their incompetence or their ignorance or the fact that many of these people, if they're not outright brainwashed, are completely compromised and controlled. It's your fault, peasant. That's why you can't afford gas. Now, President Joe Biden... Had some simpler advice, not just on gas, but on inflation in general. President Biden said just think about grabbing some, well, generic cereal.
1: And by the way, the food prices, the main driver of food prices is not the price of beef and eggs, et cetera, or up. It's packaged goods, packaged goods. You're going to see people not buying Kellogg's uh, Raisin Bran, which you're going to see them buy another Raisin Bran, which would be a dollar cheaper. I mean, so what's happening is there is real movement.
3: So they're going to be buying the other Raisin Bran, the dollar cheaper Raisin Bran. You know, the raisin brand that you buy at, like, Family Dollar, where it's a completely different cartoon raisin, different packaging, pretty much the same cereal. I mean, why wouldn't you buy generic if it's the same thing and you're going to eat that stuff anyway? Then why not buy generic? Save the money. But as the President of the United States, or even if you were just in conversation with someone around the proverbial water cooler, buy generic cereal is not a logical, an adequate, or a sufficient argument for what we're doing about inflation. Buy generic cereal, once again, is putting the blame on you and offsetting responsibility. Now, what Joe Biden said is also partly true again. I agree with him that, yes, packaged food prices are largely the things that are going up in cost. But again, this is in almost exclusive part, to his policies and decisions and the trust that people put into the market and into money, etc., because of people like Joe Biden, who's perceptually in charge. But vegetable prices are also going up. Why are vegetable prices going up? Well, if you read mainstream news, they tell you it's because of climate change, but if you have ever worked in a grocery store like I have, or you've ever looked at, uh, I don't know the way that produce is transported and the way that it costs different amounts in different places depending on what's local, etc. You'll recognize that produce has to be transported usually on vehicles and trucks. And those vehicles and trucks, they well, they use fuel. They use gas. And if gas prices go up, then the cost of transportation goes up and the cost of the product that's being transported goes up. It's not because of climate change. It's because of Climate policy. There's Joe Biden saying, "Just get some raisin bran."
1: And by the way, the food prices—the main driver of food prices—is not the price of beef and eggs, etc. Although they're up, it's packaged goods. Packaged goods. You're going to see people not buying Kellogg's uh, raisin bran, which you're going to see them buy another raisin bran, which would be a dollar cheaper. I mean, so.
3: Because they can't afford the regular raisin brand. Now, that should not be in a first world country in the United States of America where we have so much wealth and so much abundance and so much food. We literally don't know what to do with it. Like that episode of SpongeBob with the pretty patties. We didn't know what to do with the money. We tried burying it. We tried burning it. And in the end, we just decided to give it all away, which is basically what's happening now. We just decided to give all of our money away. We just don't even know what to, we have so much. We don't know what to do with it. But it goes beyond that. Sean Patrick Maloney of New York said something very similar. Now, his statement is also, and it could easily be taken out of context, but his statement is, is true. You know, if you don't have a lot of money, I'm going to play it for you. We don't have a lot of money, then you might have to revert to eating canned foods or something like that, which is part true, part fiction, because that's not necessarily the case. Depending on where you live, you can get access to cheap things. But Sean Patrick Maloney says, just eat Chef Boyardee.
4: Yeah, well, I grew up in a family where, you know, if the if the gas price went up, the food budget went down. So by this time of the week, we'd be eating Chef Boyardee
0: if, if that budget wasn't going to change, right? So that's what families have to do.
3: So that's a statement that could easily be taken out of context. It's factual if you don't have enough money to pay for gas or whatever it is, and you're probably going to lose a little bit of the budget for things like food or things like entertainment, etc. But... The fact that people like Sean Patrick Maloney and the President of the United States and the Secretary of Transportation and Stacey Abrams, the election denier, the fact that these people can consistently make the argument that just buy an electric car if you can't afford gas, have an abortion if you can't afford gas, buy generic cereal if you can't afford gas or can't afford food, and just eat Chef Boyardee. These are not logical, reasonable, these are not considerable These are not things that make any sense at all. This is gaslighting. It's almost like Munchauser by proxy. They're making you think that you're sick, you're the problem. That's the reason you can't afford things. More of the secret teachings after this break. We're going to play more of these clips. I'm Ryan Gable, your host. Don't go anywhere. It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on GroundZero.Radio.
1: This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at RDgable at Yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Secret Teachings.
3: Hey there, it's Ryan Gable. You know you can always listen to the Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. I don't need it. And for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. I don't need it. But you can also help support the show by subscribing to the Ad Free Archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. Definitely don't need it Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today
1: I need
3: it! Your support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future
2: If you're interested in all things that include the occult From witchcraft to voodoo And from mythology to alchemy Then why not check out the book Occult Arcana Maybe you want to look at technology black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in soft cover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly,
3: it supports you broadcasting from somewhere between heaven hell and purgatory it's the secret teachings on ground zero radio
6: release the kraken
0: hello folks this is jordan maxwell and you're listening to the secret teachings excellent shows with your host ryan gable
3: Well, you heard it for yourself in the first segment, some things you might have heard before, but tonight we're putting it all together. So you have one comprehensive single source of information to share with other people and audio clips to cut yourself or to again share with other people who you want to hear these outrageous statements made by people like Pete Buttigieg or people like the attempted governor of Georgia, Stacey Abrams, the election denier. Or people like President Biden or any of the other clips we're going to play tonight. People like uh, Pete Buttigieg telling you, well, if you can't afford to pay for gas, just buy an electric car. That's really your fault. You can't afford it. That's the same Pete who was dropped off with his bicycle for a photo op from an SUV to suggest that he actually rode his bike to work when he took a black SUV. And then, of course, if inflation is just too much, if uh, that includes gas as well, you can't afford it, just... Stacey Abrams says, uh, just have an abortion. That'll help. And President Biden told you that you should just have some generic cereal. And then Sean Patrick Maloney of New York went a little bit further. He made a factual statement. If you can't afford to pay for gas or things like that, you're probably going to cut back on food. Food's going to be more expensive anyway. So instead of offering a solution to the problem, he says, just, you know, do what I did and eat Chef Boyardee. You know, these are not solutions to problems. This is the way that you gaslight, this is the way that you traumatize and torture and manipulate the people that you're supposed to be working for, whether you're the Secretary of Transportation, the president, a prospective governor, or you're a representative from the state of New York. But the problem is worse than that, and it goes beyond that. Because at some point, if we continue to go down this path of those being the solutions to the problems, they're obviously not solutions, but if those are offered as the solutions to the problems, just go to the dollar store, get generic cereal, get some Chef Boyardee, then what's going to happen is we're going to continue to spiral into oblivion and we're going to get statements like this from Joy Reid. You might know Joy Reid from mainstream media. Joy Reid said that can't afford to pay for gas or if you can't afford to pay for food or rent etc that's all just in your head that's not even a real problem why because the word inflation is not really a real word it's she said it's not part of the normal lexicon of the way that people talk she says people have been taught about inflation Now, that in and of itself is a true statement. A lot of people don't know what inflation is. You'd be hard-pressed to find a person that can define what inflation is. But nevertheless, inflation is part of the normal lexicon, at least for functioning adults. I mean, if you're an adult, you have been an adult for any amount of time, if you rent or you own a house or you've purchased a car or you've ever invested in the market. I mean, I have friends from high school that do Do stocks and trading just kind of for fun like you know adults that do adult type things people that are maybe just interested in how government works or how economics work just if you've ever thought in your entire life how does the system work let me investigate something you know what inflation is or at least you have a general idea of what inflation is I mean they even taught us what inflation was when I was uh I think well it's not It's not college, but I was majoring in high school. They made us take a major in high school. Very stupid, I thought. But I was majoring in accounting. And they taught us what inflation was in accounting. But no, not not according to Joy Reid. Joy Reid says that inflation is something that, well, Republicans just made it up. It's not part of the normal lexicon of the way people talk. People have been taught about inflation. Take a listen to this.
5: The only people I ever hear, hear use the word inflation are journalists um, and economists, right? So that is not part of the normal lexicon of the way people talk. So it's interesting that Republicans are doing something they don't normally do, right? Which is not use the, com- the common tongue, right? Not use just common English to sort of use do on their campaigns like they're doing with Prime. But what they've done is they've taught people the word inflation, right? Yeah. Most people who would have never used that word ever in their lives are using it now because they've been taught.
3: So there's a funny kind of irony to this. Words like racism are not words that typically affect people. Black, white, purple, green, blue, doesn't matter. And even if you define racism in a dictionary, the definition is prejudiced against someone because of skin color, ethnicity, etc. They've redefined what the word racism means. So you've literally been taught what racism means. Well, really is not. I was going to say what it is, but they've taught you what it's not, uh, which is that only some people can be racist, etc. So the audacity of Joy Reid to suggest and to state that Republicans have created, manufactured, conjured up, they've started the use of the word inflation. Only economists and journalists use the word inflation, which is partly true. I mean, Have you ever been in a conversation, someone's like, hey, uh, you know, like the weather, like, hey, how's that inflation, you know, treating you? But, you know, generally, yeah, we don't use inflation in everyday talk, but people know what inflation is. So you hear how she talks down to you. You're You're an idiot, I mean, especially if you're a Republican. You just made this stuff up. This isn't real. The irony is, though, her political party is so obsessed with people's skin color that they've literally redefined the word race and politicized it so that they can take advantage of people's ignorance and people's lack of knowledge of what something like racism is, or the fact that we probably have one of the least racist countries in the history of the world, a country that was founded large part on colonialism, which ended the institution of slavery with Western ideology and philosophy. But none of that really matters to Joy Reid, because she has some dark skin. I'd imagine she's super pro-abortion, and she wants you to know that inflation is something that was just totally made up. They made the whole thing up. It doesn't exist.
5: The only people I ever hear, hear use the word inflation are journalists um, and economists, right? So that is not part of the normal lexicon of the way people talk. So it's interesting that Republicans are doing something they don't normally do, right? Which is not use the common, the common tongue, right? Not use just common English to sort of use do on their campaigns like they're doing with Prime. But what they've done is they've taught people the word inflation, right? Yeah. Most people who would have never used that word ever in their lives are using it now because they've been taught
3: Okay, maybe she didn't say, to be fair, maybe she didn't say, okay, they made it up. But she said, it's not part of the normal lexicon of the way people talk. They've been taught that word. I mean, that could be a true statement, couldn't it? If you don't really know what inflation is, and you start hearing that inflation is at a 40-year high, you might have to go look it up or consult a friend of yours who knows about economics or whatever. And then you learn what inflation is. I guess you've been taught what inflation is at that point. But this is, again, a fallacy because (laughs) because what's happening here is they're not addressing the fact that there's a 40-year high of inflation. And if it is addressed, then it's in comparison with the fact that most people don't know what inflation is. So it's implied that it doesn't really matter because Republicans just kind of taught people this word to get them angry at. Democrats who have large, been largely been in control of the government for a long, quite a long time, uh, and so it's not Republicans uh, or not Democrats' fault; it's Republicans' fault for these policies. When it's actually both parties' fault, it's the uh, the, the limitless spending of money, uh, it's it's expanded wars and and occupations and drone programs and. Billions of dollars going into the military industrial complex and black budget programs. It's Republicans and Democrats. But on the surface, it's really Democrats that have been in control of the government for some time. So it's the Democrats' fault for the inflation. Republicans are just as guilty, though. But because they don't want to have any responsibility whatsoever, then they just say, well, inflation isn't really a big problem. It's actually something they just kind of made up. It's amazing that people actually will will say these things, and and I don't know if they believe them, but other people do believe them. I mean I just I can't imagine if if someone is like in a relationship or someone is trying to get along with their family after the pandemic and all the political division uh, that has been in large part drummed up by the mainstream media to create this hysteria, to create this polarity. I can't imagine and I feel sorry for people that might, you know, maybe you're in a relationship for a couple of months and things are kind of okay, you know, you, maybe you talk about the prices of things going up, it's like, oh, things are kind of expensive, you know, whatever, we do we want to take that trip together, whatever, and then, you know, you just, in conversation, you bring up inflation, and the other person, you just they just snap, and they're like, well, you know, inflation's something that's made up by the Republicans, right, it's not a real thing. They feel sorry for people like that, because there really are people like that, it's like, you're in this relationship, people that have been married, you don't want to get a COVID vaccine, people get divorced, it's just in, it's wild to think about that, how divisive, how polarizing. Nothing could be more divisive or polarizing politically, though, than former President Donald Trump, which, as I stated at the beginning of tonight's show, I'm not a supporter of Donald Trump. I like some things that he did, but I'm not a, really a supporter of Donald Trump. I'd have voted for somebody else, and um, I will be voting for somebody else in 2024. But Donald Trump has been used in a very similar kind of a way uh, that Pete Buttigieg and Stacey Abrams and President Biden and people like Sean Patrick Maloney, that the way that they've used language to corrupt your idea of what inflation is or why gas prices are high or what you should do to combat inflation and the cost of goods, etc. Donald Trump has been used, and I've made this argument on several shows, and I did an entire broadcast on it a couple of years ago, Donald Trump is a tool of gaslighting and this impulse uh, that people have to determine political opinion based on identity, um, such as, well, if you are a Trump supporter, uh, then that must make you not a Republican, it must make you a fascist, it must make you a Nazi, it must make you these political things. So like, I guess to simplify that, Donald Trump has been used as a tool to determine where people's political views are. Now, you can still be a mainline Republican, and that's okay. Even Joe Biden said that in his V for Vendetta speech. He doesn't have an issue with regular Republicans. It's just Trump Republicans or Make America Great Republicans. Why is that? Well, it's because regular Republicans, the rhino Republicans are still pro-war, pro-big corporation, pro all the things the Democrats say they hate. But now that they have total control of virtually everything from your lexicon to your your perception of reality, which, you know, they mold each other, uh, information, news and large parts of government, they've completely redefined what reality is. Uh, But Republicans go along with that. So the point I'm trying to get out of here is Donald Trump is the hundred flowers president. And if you don't know what the hundred flowers is, it was a campaign in China run by Mao Zedong, communist dictator, who said, we want your feedback here at the Communist Party. We'd like to know what you think of how we're running the country. People said, no, I don't think that's a good idea. I'm not going to tell you what I think. You'll kill me. You'll come to my house, you'll send goons, you'll rape my wife in front of me, you'll drag my kids away, you'll burn my house down. I'm not gonna tell you what I think of the Communist Party. Okay. So Mal said, no, 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 no. I'm not gonna rape your wife or kill your kids or take your stuff. I just genuinely want to know. I want some feedback here. You know, I just want you to take a survey and tell us, tell us how you feel. Some people bought into it. Some people thought, okay, well, I guess he's 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 sincere, you know, maybe he just that whole murder everybody thing and you know that whole crazy collectivization thing that's just that was just you know some bad luck that uh that we had and that was just that wasn't really Mao's fault and um i'll write a letter i'll tell him what i think and then you can imagine what happened i'll write the letter dear mr Mao, i'm very upset that there's no food i'm very upset that the neighbor's dog was ripped into 10 pieces and equally distributed among the neighbors because the neighbors didn't have a dog that's Something that actually happened in China, by the way. That's how they, collect, they collectivized animals, too. Uh, not a joke. They did that to horses and, and pets. Uh, brutal, barbaric, violent, disgusting, gross. So the letters go out. And then, well, you can imagine what happens next is that you get that knock on the door, and then your wife gets raped and your house gets burned down. You say, well, I thought he wanted to know what I thought. Well, he did want to know what you thought so he could see where you stood. To see if you were adequately brainwashed yet. And if you weren't, well, they came to put you in a concentration camp or a re-education center. That's the 100 Flowers campaign. And I think Donald Trump has been used in a new contemporary 100 Flowers campaign to see who likes America. Who wants to make America great or keep America great? Anybody? Someone raises their hand in the back. You hear a gunshot. Anybody else? No, I didn't think so. Because you're too afraid. You're too scared to even say, hey, I'm a Trump supporter. Some people are. They're afraid to say that or to acknowledge that. Because they're terrified of the repercussions. They might lose a relationship, a job, family, etc. And that way, Donald Trump is the 100 Flowers president. He's a symbol of the modern day, Well, what they called in the 20s in Soviet Russia, Operation Trust. Operation Trust. This was twenty-something plus years before Mao Zedong took over and then implemented this Hundred Flowers Campaign. Uh, The Chinese Communists took over. Should say the Communist Party took over China in the late 1940s. So Hundred Flowers Campaign came later. This was in the 20s. This was after the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia. There was something called Operation Trust. Operation Trust was basically the Hundred Flowers Campaign. Operation Trust would have intel agents and spies. And those intel agents and spies would go around and they would well, they'd spy on you, gather intelligence, they'd try to figure out and find out who is really a supporter of the party. You know, they might talk about it, they might work for the party, they might believe it on the surface, but when they're at home, do they actually think these things, they actually believe these things. Operation Trust. Who trusts the Communist Party? Now, some of you might have recognized that Operation Trust, in relation to the hundred flowers, in relation to how Donald Trump as a symbol has been used, is strikingly similar in name to the QAnon phrase, trust the plan. Trust the plan. And anybody who, quote, trusts the plan, they get labeled, and identified as a right-wing extremist Nazi Trump supporter. So Operation Trust and the Hundred Flowers campaign have been consolidated. And psychologically, the public is being monitored, spied on, and having their intelligence and information gathered, to determine if they are good members of the party. Do you support the Republican Party or the Trump Republican Party? Because if you support the neocons, if you support rhinos, if you support endless war, if you support endless spending on the military-industrial complex, then you get a big thumbs up and a gold star. Democrats used to be on the surface opposed to that, but now they support it probably more rabidly than neocons do. But if you're a Donald Trump Republican, or even if you just say, hold on, I don't really agree with either political party, even being an independent now, which I've been a registered independent, and I'll probably re-register as an independent now that the election's over, the midterm's over, maybe I'll stay Republican, I don't know. But I've been an independent, even if you're an independent though, so you don't agree with the one-party state you don't agree with traditional Republicans or Democrats, that makes you a Trump Republican, and therefore you might as well have written a letter to Mao telling him to, well, kiss your ass. You might as well have gone home from a hard day's work at the Communist Party, starving people and murdering people and raping people and stealing things, like the thug that you are, and then realized, you know what, on your way home, I probably shouldn't be doing this, I should stand up against this, this is wrong, and so you go home and you tell your wife and then there's a raid, and then, you know, Your family disappears. Operation Trust. Now, I want you to take note of something. I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to make these statements objectively. I don't support Donald Trump, but I would probably wear a Donald Trump hat just to see how people would react. Just to see what is allowed in society. Donald Trump was accused of a lot of things, wasn't he? He was accused of colluding with Russia to rig a presidential election putting national security at risk, acting like a dictator, extorting Ukraine, remember that, the phone call. And on August 8th, 2022, he became the victim as a former president of a politically motivated FBI raid on his Florida residence, Mar-a-Lago, over supposedly classified documents. Now, if he had classified documents and he was not trying to work with the courts to determine what he could and couldn't keep and as president he had, maybe didn't have the power to declassify things then then yeah we'd have a problem and I'd say see what he's got and you know investigated and if need be yeah I mean put him in jail but the thing is he was working with the courts to see what he should and shouldn't have and he also has the power to declassify things as president so why it's such a big issue, all we know is what the media tells us they that they want us to know. They tell us, without seeing the documents or the cocktail napkins, as some of them are, uh, they tell us what he, what he has, even though they've never seen it and they don't know. But, you know, even if you think maybe he did have classified information, okay, what do we have here? We have colluding with Russia, putting national security at risk, acting, acting like a dictator, extorting Ukraine, and then, you know, keeping classified information. Now The weird thing is, these are accusations that occurred over a period of, well, 2015-16. And they're ongoing, of course. But accusations that with the colluding with Russia, ongoing until recently, the investigation. But something that started in 2015-16 and really ramped up in 2017 and, and so on. So we've got a a period here, about four, five, six years, where all these accusations have been made, unfounded, though, but they've been made, and then they've continued on and on in the public consciousness, and people either love Trump and don't think he's ever done anything wrong, which is ludicrous, or they hate him and they want him to go to jail or be decapitated. The problem is, it was actually the Clintons who brokered a backdoor deal with the Russians. Remember Uranium One? And it was Hillary Clinton who ran an unprotected server with sensitive information, including emails. It was also Joe Biden and his supporters years later, when Joe Biden becomes president, the next election, who began their power trip with literally a mountain of executive orders. And there was just a recent one before the the new year. Joe Biden goes to sign all these laws and, of course, more executive orders. It was Joe Biden and his supporters who began their power trip with these mountains of executive orders, with calls from everybody from Bernie Sanders in the Senate to Cortez in the House to disband congressional procedure, to ram home bills that otherwise could be stopped because of the filibuster, or to ignore Supreme Court rulings because they don't align with your political views. Make no mistake. It was Hillary Clinton who brokered a deal with the Russians. Now, if you're looking for Republican guilt, well, how about Aspartame man, Donald Rumsfeld? Remember Donald Rumsfeld? Donald Rumsfeld, Republican, Secretary of Defense, running around the Pentagon the morning of 9-11. Oh, my God, we're under attack. What do I do? Why are you not inside? The Pentagon's under attack. You just run out on the lawn. Oh, look, there's jet parts here. But this is the Donald Rumsfeld who sold nuclear secrets to the Koreans. So if you want a Republican, there's one. But it was Hillary Clinton who brokered the backdoor deal and colluded with the Russians, not Donald Trump. It was Hillary Clinton who ran an unprotected server with sensitive information, including emails, not Donald Trump. And yet they accused Donald Trump of colluding with Russia and they accused him of putting national security at risk. That's called mirroring. That's called gaslighting. That's called accusing your enemy and your opponent of the very thing that you are doing. Remember, it was Joe Biden and his supporters and people like Cortez and Sanders who began their power trip with mountains of executive orders, calls to disband congressional procedure, and to ignore Supreme Court rulings. It was also that same lot who were either silent or or quietly supportive of attempts by psychopaths to assassinate Supreme Court justices. And it turns out that it was Joe Biden on video, not Donald Trump, who admitted that he threatened Ukraine, that if they did not fire a prosecutor investigating his criminal crackhead son, that they would not be getting a billion-dollar aid package. And furthermore, Joe Biden is on tape in 2016... Before the transition of power, telling the former Ukrainian president Petro Poroshenko to keep the money tight so that the incoming president, Donald Trump, won't figure out what's happening with all that money in Ukraine. Make no mistake, what they've accused Donald Trump of is exactly what they have done. In fact, these are two clips that are kind of hard to find. Let me play the clips for you. For proof of what I'm saying, if you don't believe me, here's Joe Biden admitting that he extorted the Ukrainians. Fire the prosecutor.
1: Said, nah, I said, I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) Got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid
3: at the time. So that is the clip. If you want to pull it, you want to show other people, you want them to listen to it, there's the first clip. And then here's Joe Biden, kind of in an underhanded way, threatening Petro Poroshenko, the former Ukrainian president.
1: I told them to get back to her and set a date and I would talk to you about the date Um, because this is getting very, very close. What I don't want to have happen, I don't want Trump to get in a position where he thinks he's about to buy onto a policy where the financial system is going to collapse and he's going to be looked to more money into Ukraine. That's how he'll think about it before he gets sophisticated enough to know the detail. So anything you can do to push the, the, the Privat Bank uh, um, to closure so that the IMF loan comes forward, I would respectfully suggest is critically important to your economic as well as physical security.
3: There's the clip. They told you that clip didn't exist. The AP said that was a conspiracy theory that that clip even existed. Turns out it does exist. And I'll play you more of these clips when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Turns out all the things that Donald Trump was accused of, maybe he did those things. I don't care to defend the guy even. But these are things that Hillary Clinton did. Things that Joe Biden did. Hillary Clinton colluded with Russia. Hillary Clinton had sensitive information, including emails on a private server. Joe Biden threatened Ukraine. And not only that, but Joe Biden also kept classified information as vice president. Something that I'll tell you more about when we come back from break. It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero.radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free
2: archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you want to get rid of those annoying ads and get extra perks like access to the montage archive, digital
3: copies of Ryan's books, and early access to the show, then subscribe to the full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. Visit the website and click the Button that says subscribe. You can do so monthly, yearly, or through a one time donation. Your support always keeps the secret teachings on the air. You could listen to this.
4: And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence.
3: (laughs)
2: This is David John Oates from ReverseSpeech.com. You are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan
3: Gable. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. listening to the secret teachings radio show monday through friday 10 p.m. to midnight pacific 10:30 p.m. pacific starting on friday on ground zero radio also at www.thesecretteachings.info you can find the free archive there or listen with advertisements on any radio or podcast player or app or you can subscribe to the full archive with no ads Also on the same website. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback on tonight's broadcast. A lot of the things that we're discussing tonight are just observations. They're not politically motivated observations. They're just observations of the inconsistencies of the gaslighting, the Munchauser by proxy type syndromes and the Stockholm syndromes that both our so-called political representatives and leaders or misleaders and the general public seem to be so easily to succumb to, so easily influenced by. Gaslighting is the cornerstone, the mainstay of establishment politics. If you don't like gas prices being $3 or $4 or $5 a gallon, I mean $3 is cheaper than 5 it's much more than 2 but... If you don't like that, just buy an electric car, says Pete Buttigieg, U.S. Secretary of Transportation. That way you never have to worry about gas prices again. That's the same Pete who was dropped off with his bicycle from an SUV for a photo op suggesting that he rode his bike to work. The same Pete that flies around on private jets at 2,000 plus pounds of CO2 per hour on average. But you have to buy an electric car. And hey, if inflation is too high and the cost of living is too high and gas prices are still too high, the real reason people don't want to pay high gas prices is because, well, they can't afford children. At least that's according to election denier Stacey Abrams, who ran for governor of Georgia. She suggested having children is why you are worried about the price of gas. Again, that's the same Abrams who would not concede her loss, just like Hillary Clinton. President Joe Biden had a simpler piece of advice. He suggested just buy generic cereal. And Sean Patrick Maloney of New York said something very similar. Just eat Chef Boyardee. Now, these are statements that could easily be taken out of context, and they are partly true or factual statements, fallacies of personal experience, etc. In the case of Sean Patrick Maloney's story when he was young and they couldn't afford things, they just ate Chef Boyardee. True statement. But what it implies is more than that. What Abrams and Biden and Booty Gig and Maloney are suggesting is that it's not their problem if prices are high. It's certainly not their fault that prices are high. It's your problem and it's your fault and you need to just live a less extravagant lifestyle. Instead of buying Raisin brand you need to buy generic cereal instead. Peasants don't get Kellogg cereal. Peasants don't get General Mills cereal. Peasants get generic cereal from the dollar store. Now, maybe generic cereal is the same kind of an ingredient. Probably is, but that's not a logical, reasonable, adequate, or sufficient policy or argument or decision or whatever you want to call it. It's not something the president should be telling you. They used to just lie to you. Oh, we've got things under control. Now they don't lie to you anymore. Now they just tell you the truth. Yeah, but it's bad. And if you can't deal with it, just buy cheap cereal. I'm going to play you all of those clips. And then I'll play you the Joy Reid clip, which really just tops the whole thing off. Where she says that inflation doesn't even really exist. It's just something that, you know, maybe journalists or economists know about it. But for the average person, it's something that was taught to them. It's not part of the normal lexicon of the way they talk. The reason I'm playing you these clips tonight is because some of these clips are hard to find. And although some of these are kind of cut off, uh, you get the gist of what they're saying. Here is Pete Gig. He's astonished you can't afford an electric car. And uh, the pain is good.
4: Of course, the more pain we are all experiencing from the high price of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. I'm still astonished that that some folks, uh, and and I I felt
3: this testifying in Congress yesterday, um, some folks seem to really uh, struggle to let go of the status quo. All right, that's Pete Buttigieg, so if you want to take that clip, it's all yours. Here's Stacey Abrams on abortion.
0: I just asked you, you're running for governor of Georgia. Uh, I would assume, maybe incorrectly, but while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily,
5: hourly issues that they're confronted with? But let's be clear, having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs.
3: It's because of children. That's the problem. Here's Joe Biden in Generic Cereal.
1: And by the way, the food prices, the main driver of food prices, is not the price of beef and eggs, etc. are up. It's packaged goods. Packaged goods. You're going to see people not buying Kellogg's uh, Raisin Bran, which you're going to see them buy another Raisin Bran, which would be a dollar cheaper. I mean, so what's happening is, there is real movement.
3: A dollar cheaper cereal, that's the president's solution. Now, he didn't say, hey, go buy it, like Fox News might want you to think. But the suggestion is you're going to see people buying generic cereal because they can't afford things, just like Sean Patrick Maloney said. Yeah, well, I grew up in a family where, you
4: know, if the, if the gas price went up, the food budget went down. So by this time of the week, we'd
0: be eating Chef Boyardee if, if that budget wasn't going to change, right? So that's what
3: families have to do. This is implying that it's not their fault. It's not their responsibility. They don't have to worry about the cost of gas. They don't have to worry about the cost of food. They don't have to worry about inflation, and even if they did, it doesn't exist anyway.
5: The only people I ever hear here use the word inflation are journalists um, and economists, right? So that is not part of the normal lexicon of the way people talk. So it's interesting that Republicans are doing something they don't normally do, right? Which is not use the, com- the common tongue, right? Not use just common English to sort of use, do on their campaigns like they're doing with Prime. But what they've done is they've taught people the word inflation, right?
3: They've taught people the word inflation. It's a word that you didn't know before until the Republicans taught you the word. Otherwise, it's something that only economists and journalists talked about. Now, the same kind of gaslighting, the same kind of fallacies, the same kind of polarizing, it's not our fault, it's somebody else's fault, there's always a villain, neocon strategy, has been applied from the very beginning, back in 2015, 2016, to Donald Trump. Again, I'm not a Trump supporter. I might wear a Trump hat just to see how people would react. I don't necessarily hate Donald Trump, but I don't like a lot of the stuff he did, and I do like a lot of the stuff he did. I do like some stuff. I don't like some stuff. I think that's how democracy is supposed to work anyway. But what do I know? Donald Trump has been treated in the same way. Now, we're not talking about the person that is Donald Trump, the guy that eats McDonald's and he's kind of overweight and he just kind of has the weird hair and the orange skin. I'm not talking about that Donald Trump. I'm talking about the symbol of Donald Trump. Where much like the Hundred Flowers campaign in Communist China, or Operation Trust, as in QAnon, Trust the Plan, which was a 1920s communist ploy in Russia after the Bolshevik Revolution, Hundred Flowers campaign, Operation Trust, was basically an intel gathering operation to see where people stood, to see what they actually thought about the Communist Party, or in the case of China, about Mao. Donald Trump has likewise been used in the same way. Even Joe Biden had said when he gave his V for Vendetta speech that he doesn't have a big problem with traditional, classic Republicans. It's just the Republicans that are Trump supporters, which means that there really isn't a two-party state. Certainly not a three-party state. There's a one-party state. And if you're not a neocon, if you're not a neoliberal or any other version of those political ideologies, and you believe that we should do what the people want to do, then you're not only not an American, you're a terrorist, you're a Nazi, you're a fascist, and all these other terrible things. Remember what Joe Biden said. A lot of people might have forgotten this.
1: I respect conservative Republicans I don't respect these MAGA Republicans the MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security they're a threat to our very democracy they refuse to accept the will of the people MAGA Republicans don't have a clue about the power of women Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans have made their choice to go backwards full of anger violence hate and division but we've chosen a different path forward
3: Joe Biden, he trusts conservative, traditional Republicans, but not mega Republicans. However, there are some people that don't even like regular Republicans and who don't trust them at all and think that they're all fascists. They're all hateful. Take Charlie Crist, for example, the man who said he was going to beat Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, even though Ron DeSantis won in a landslide. Charlie Crist said, I don't want your vote if you kind of agree with Ron DeSantis. You're hateful. Those who support the governor should
0: stay with him and vote for him, and I don't want your vote. If you have that hate in your heart, keep it there. I want the vote of the people of Florida who care about
3: our state. Now, don't you think that, maybe you remember this just a few years ago, if somebody, like a politician, was trying to get more people to vote for them, They tried to appeal, even if it was disingenuous, to what those people wanted or what those people desired or what those people needed. I don't remember any time in recent history where politicians began saying things like, I don't want your vote, and not even saying it ironically, saying it kind of aggressively and hatefully. I don't want your vote if you support the current governor. I don't want your vote if you're a Republican. It's pretty hateful to me. And then, of course, press secretary Jean-Pierre backed up what Joe Biden said. This is a little number that, well, you're going to want this clip in your arsenal.
5: And again, we see majority of Americans who
0: disagree. And so when you are not with where majority of Americans are, then, you know, that is extreme. That is an extreme way
2: of thinking.
3: That's an extreme way of thinking. So if you're not a Republican or a Democrat, you might not even be a Trump supporter or a Trump Republican or whatever they call it. You're just an extremist, which then makes you a domestic violent extremist, a DVE, a terrorist, a Nazi, a white supremacist, kind of the the final product of what the Bush administration put into the oven back in the first Years of the 21st century. If you're not with us, you're with the terrorists, or he said tursts. If you're not with us, you're with the terrorists, and we're going to fight this terrorist threat. So that's Joe Biden. That's there's Charlie Crist in Florida. That's Jean Pierre. All telling you the same thing. It's quite ironic too because Biden's approval rating is not the majority, so he's actually in the minority in terms of approval. So that would make him an extremist. But nevertheless, the whole idea here is if you're not in one of the main political parties, and even if you are and you have a different view on something that is a controversial subject or something where we need other points of view because that's what democracy is supposed to be, that's what debate is, well, then you're just an extremist. And as I said in the second segment tonight, I want you to take note of something. I want you to take note of these kind of weird inconsistencies in accusations that have been levied against people, like people like Donald Trump. He was accused of colluding with Russia. Remember that? Accused of putting our national security at risk. Accused of being a dictator. Accused of extorting Ukraine. Accused of holding classified information at Mar-a-Lago, which forced the FBI in a non-politically motivated raid to rush into his residence and find those napkins. However, it was actually Hillary Clinton who brokered the backdoor deal with Russia. Remember Uranium One? It was actually both of the Clintons. It was Hillary Clinton, though, specifically, who ran an unprotected server with sensitive information, including emails, and it was CNN who told you, we can look at the emails, but you can't. You have to listen to us and believe us when we tell you what's in those emails. Now maybe Donald Trump did collude with Russia. Maybe he did put our national security at risk. But so did the Clintons. And that's not even a debatable, disputable thing. Why are we so concerned with Donald Trump and millions of dollars being spent on an investigation into Russia when we found that none of that was actually true? People still not only believe it, but they, they're rabid about it. Hillary Clinton, however, and Bill Clinton get free passes. Okay, but what about the whole dictator thing? President Donald Trump's a dictator. Okay, well, maybe, probably not. A dictator makes unilateral decisions. But Joe Biden and his supporters, as soon as they began their power trip, they started with a mountain of executive orders. They started by repealing things that, whether you're a Trump supporter, Biden supporter, or somebody else, like you can, you can agree that we probably shouldn't let foreign nations access our power grid, our power system, but that's one of the things that Joe Biden did week one. He overturned Trump-era policy that prevented China from interfering in our, in our grid, in our electrical system, in our power system. That's kind of weird. But with all the other executive orders, you also had people like Bernie Sanders, who's an actual Nazi. Bernie Sanders is, by definition, a Nazi. He's a National Socialist. Bernie Sanders called to disband congressional procedures so they could force bills through that they wanted to pass. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez urged the president to use his pen to make laws. That would be a dictatorship. And pretty much anybody and everybody who is part of the Democratic establishment, they said that the Supreme Court should be overturned like the the actual court, like just overturn it, get rid of the justices, or expand it, for that matter, if we can't overturn it and get rid of it. Just expand it so that their decisions don't affect us and we can do what we want, or their decisions are just our decisions and we always get the vote that we want. These are not opinions. This is exactly, and I've documented this in my new book, Liberty Shrugged, The whole book isn't about this, but there's a small section where I talk about the Supreme Court and Congress and the executive branch and I talk about how Bernie Sanders and Cortez and Joe Biden, what do they do? They call to overturn congressional procedure, to overturn the Supreme Court or to just pack the court, sign executive orders to make laws. That's actually a dictatorship. Oh, and it turns out that it was actually Joe Biden on video who admitted that he threatened Ukraine and said that if you don't fire a prosecutor investigating my crackhead son, then you're not going to get a billion dollar aid package. Turns out it was also Joe Biden on tape. And I have both of the tapes. I'll play for you. In 2016, Joe Biden told former Ukrainian president Petro Poroshenko, make sure that IMF loan comes through. Make sure that you keep that money tight because when Donald Trump gets in office, We don't want him asking questions and having to figure out why we're putting all this money into Ukraine. That tape and just that 10 to 15 seconds of tape should be enough to have Joe Biden impeached without a single question, even from his supporters. That's if people were unbiased. But here are the clips, if you don't believe me, or if you've looked for these clips, they're very hard to find, especially the Poroshenko clip. Here is Joe Biden admitting that he did what they accused Donald Trump of doing, that is extorting Ukraine.
1: I said, no, nah, I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving this- Said, no, I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion
3: dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. And then the Poroshenko clip. This is from 2016.
1: I told them to get back to her and set a date, and I would talk to you about the date. Um, Because this is getting very, very close. What I don't want to have happen, I don't want Trump to get in the position where he thinks he's about to buy onto a policy where the financial system is going to collapse and he's going to be looked to to pour more money into Ukraine. That's how he'll think about it before he gets sophisticated enough to know the details. So anything you can do to push the, the, the Privat Bank uh, um, to closure so that the IMF loan comes forward, I would respectfully suggest is critically important to your economic as well as physical security.
3: It's critically important to your economic and physical security that you make sure that IMF loan comes through. Because if it doesn't, or if Donald Trump starts asking questions well, then I'm in a bad position. So what's happening here? They accused Donald Trump of holding these classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. Okay, maybe he did. Like if he did, and that's, if it was as simple as that, then yeah, put him in jail. But the pattern and the plot have now thickened. We just learned that Vice President Joe Biden, not President Joe Biden, but Vice President Joe Biden, Remember, he was vice president under Barack Obama. Vice President Joe Biden, who has no authority to declassify documents, was keeping what seemed to be illegal documents or documents that were illegal to keep as vice president that were classified at the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, which is a think tank. That pays Joe Biden a bunch of money through the University of Penn to do nothing except, I guess, store classified documents that he shouldn't have had, and certainly, you know, shouldn't shouldn't have now. Uh, even as president, he had them as vice president, so the crime was committed then. But this is not necessarily even the the, the big issue of national security uh, being the documents. The issue is that the University of Penn that runs the Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, received Communist Party donations officially to the tune of $3 million in 2020. Not a ton of money, but it's millions of dollars. However, that's just a tiny piece of it. China and Saudi Arabia, and a few other smaller donations from other foreign countries, but largely from China, they were the biggest donator, donated... Get this, $258 million to the University of Penn. That's the same University of Penn that runs the Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement. Same Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement that Vice President Joe Biden was holding classified documents at. And it was his attorneys reportedly that found the documents And they waited until after the midterm elections to announce it, just like Joe Biden told the Saudis, wait until after the midterms to cut back on oil production. Because we don't want the public having too much information. We don't want the public asking too many questions. So again, I ask, what is happening here? Now, we also know that the same intelligence apparatus that has, without question been proven guilty of spying on an incoming president in 2016, along with virtually every other government agency and politically corrupt official and corporation, etc. We know that all the intel agencies and those government officials and corporations and government agencies were using social media giants like Twitter as their personal censor. Requests poured in to Facebook and Twitter from the incoming Biden team to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story. Remember that? And that was confirmed by Mark Zuckerberg himself on Joe Rogan. Requests came in from everybody, from the Arizona Secretary of State, the convicted racist Katie Hobbs, who somehow is in the governor's office now. We're not sure why here in Arizona. She went to Twitter and told them to censor political commentary. To Dr. Scott Gottlieb. Dr. Scott Gottlieb, the former FDA commissioner who's now a sitting board member of Pfizer, went to Twitter and said, I'm going to need you to censor this information about the Pfizer vaccine. Censor political opinions, censor information contrary to the propaganda of multinational corporations, censor information that is contrary to my political views. And another report that we'll talk about later this week. From the San Francisco Standard just unveiled that countless doctors on Twitter and Facebook, social media in general, who identified as LGBTQ or at least as supporters of LGBTQ, for some reason that was part of their profile, but these were doctors who suggested we do things like wear masks and social distance and not go outside and take vaccines. Turns out, according to the San Francisco standard, and this is provable, anybody can look it up, not the article, but the information in the article, turns out those doctors, well, they were, they were fake. They didn't exist. There was, no, there was no doctor behind that account. And I can tell you what they were. They weren't just bots. They were sock puppets. Same kind of sock puppets that the U.S. military used in the Middle East over the last 15 years, 10 to 15 years, to direct, craft, and cultivate public opinion. Sock puppets. Same sock puppets that they've used all around the world to convince populations that their governments are corrupt and to rise up and slay those governments. You know, the kinds of uprisings that are funded by George Soros. Those kinds of sock puppets. Those sock puppets were the big accounts on Twitter. Not so much Facebook, but especially Twitter. Telling you what you should or shouldn't do because they're doctors. Well, actually, they're not doctors. Actually, they're not people. They don't exist. So the same intel agencies, government agencies, politically corrupt officials, corporations, etc. that tell us how to think on a daily basis... We're also behind the scenes colluding with social media companies, which is illegal for the government to do, to censor speech. This included censoring the Hunter Biden laptop story. This included censoring political information that people like the racist Katie Hobbs didn't like, or things that the board member of Pfizer, former FDA commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb, things like Scott Gottlieb wanted to be censored because he now works for and is on the board of a giant corporation like Pfizer that lied and lied and lied and lied and lied lied about the efficacy and the safety of their vaccines. And it took a federal judge to get the adverse reaction list released. And not only that, but another article came out today that FDA vaccine advisors are really angry because early data on the COVID-19 vaccine was admittedly suppressed. And that's CNN. It's a magical world we live in, isn't it? The White House also was directing Facebook censorship, and I'll tell you more about that when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this.
6: If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth.
3: This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable. It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on ground Zero. radio This
2: is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at
1: yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash
2: Teachings.
3: Hey there, it's Ryan Gable. You know you can always listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero. Radio, I don't need it. and for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. I don't need- but you can also help support the show by subscribing to the ad-free archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. I definitely don't need it. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. I need it! Your support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future.
2: If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy then why not check out the book occult arcana maybe you want to look at technology black goo ufos and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry check out the technological elixir or if that's not enough check out good philosophy all three of these books are available in soft cover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports the Secret
3: Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory, it's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken. Hello, folks. This is Jordan
0: Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings, excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable.
3: So what we know now is Joe Biden, as vice president, was keeping illegally classified documents. Maybe they weren't illegal, but that seems to be the case at the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement. That's the same University of Penn that received hundreds of millions of dollars from foreign governments, including not only China, but the CCP, the Communist Party, Chinese Communist Party. This is not debated, it's not disputed, but the level of the crime is being argued and disputed. Take, for example, The View. On The View, you know, with Whoopi Goldberg and others, they're suggesting that Biden's crimes are not really crimes because we don't think of him as a liar and a thief. Their words. But Trump's crimes that might not be crimes are crimes because we think of him as a liar and a thief try to wrap your head around this i'm gonna let you listen to it really
5: i but, mean I, I think that no what you just said is yeah, right that, yeah. that there are differences in what happened yes but, but know, the it, not good well we all know that trump is a liar and a thief you know we know that so it's not that big a jump to say that he obstructed and he lied we don't think that biden is a liar and a thief so we give him the benefit of the doubt that's probably what's going on but what i think also is going on no matter what the truth of it is will be they will spin it Bubblehead and marjorie taylor and that crowd matt gates you think they're not going to spin this that is just as bad as trump and so the the lie gets out there people believe it just like that donaldson person whatever his name is byron. what's his name byron byron, Don- byron donalds yeah. i saw him also he was at the uh the fight on the floor too yeah. wasn't he he was nominated for speaker in numbers. Yes. By two people. Yes. He's the new darling. 15 the darling of the, but, I mean, the, darling of the saying Republican Party. What just saying is that the Party. lying has been so invasive, uh, so ubiquitous, uh-huh. that no one will believe the truth anymore. And that, that you can put that at the, at the feet of Donald Trump, who started the lying.
3: So Donald Trump started the lying. Uh, the Gulf of Tonkin, the Lusitania, Pearl Harbor, 9-11, Oswald killing Kennedy... Uh, that was all started by Donald Trump. The audacity of these people on The View is a daily occurrence, first of all. And second of all, they are kind of right. There are differences in what Donald Trump supposedly did and what Joe Biden is, I guess, never going to be, certainly not going to be investigated for. But the the big differences are this. Um, Joe Biden was not the president when he had this information. His think tank is not under Secret Service protection like Mar-a-Lago is. Uh, Mar-a-Lago is not subsidized with communist dollars. And the Biden Center for Economic Policy, etc. is. Biden doesn't have the power as vice president to declassify information, but Donald Trump did. The other big difference is Donald Trump had napkins. They keep talking about the cocktail napkins. Joe Biden had actual classified information. Now, if we're talking about classified information and national security risks, well, Hillary Clinton should first and foremost be under investigation, but you already know that because of the email server. People like Donald Rumsfeld should have been under investigation for selling nuclear secrets to the Koreans, but you probably know that as well. That was a much, much longer a time ago. People like Joe Biden should likewise be under investigation just simply for what he told Poroshenko on the phone. An incoming president might look into why we're giving you so much money. You need to make sure that money keeps flowing. Make sure you keep it tight because we don't want you to figure out what we're doing. Joe Biden, vice president, as he's about to leave office maybe give a speech, I don't know. Instead, he goes to Ukraine to talk with the Ukrainian government. Even the Ukrainians thought, this is weird. Why is Joe Biden coming to Ukraine in his final days as vice president? That's kind of strange. This is the same time that his son, the crackhead, was receiving all that money from Burisma, the energy company uh, that uh, he had, you know, No background, no knowledge, no nothing. Just got paid a bunch of money, just like all that Chinese money he got paid for art and things like that. So, again, I ask the question, what is happening here? Not only that, but when Joe Biden was telling Poroshenko that he needs to keep that money tight, not let Donald Trump know what they're doing with the money, at the same time, the intel agencies were spying on Donald Trump. And the same intel agencies, government agencies in general, politically corrupt officials and corporations were also using media giants like Twitter and Facebook as their personal censors. Now the word censor originally in Rome meant that every so many years people, like from the public, would come in and they would go over government books and they would see what government officials were doing and then people would get in trouble if they were doing things that were illegal and wrong and immoral. Now the censor has been flipped around and inverted. Now the censor is on the people. Requests have poured into Twitter and Facebook from, well, the incoming Biden team to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story. That was confirmed by Mark Zuckerberg himself. Mark Zuckerberg himself said that they came to him and they said, we need you to censor this information. We need you to be aware that there's going to be this, this fake Russian propaganda, this fake Russian story, and if you don't believe me, well, let me just play you the clip of that as well, so you have it.
4: How do you guys handle things when they're a, a big news item that's controversial? Like there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The New York yeah. Post. We had that too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well. So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some, some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump
3: of, of um, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. So there you have it in his own words. They were asked to censor information on request from the federal government, particularly the Hunter Biden laptop story. Requests also came into Twitter and Facebook from other people, people you've never heard of, like the racist. That's based on two convictions, the racist and the sexist Katie Hobbs, who refused to debate in the Arizona governor election, who also requested that Twitter censor political information she didn't like. Dr. Scott Gottlieb, former FDA commissioner, now a sitting board member on Pfizer, that's the Pfizer, he also went to Twitter and said, I'm going to need you to censor this information. Why? Because he was on the board of Pfizer and because Pfizer didn't like information going around about their vaccines, including their own documents that were released under a federal order. That's the same Dr. Scott Gottlieb who, when he was appointed, I talked about it here on The Secret Teachings, and I said that this guy is a scumbag, and you can't trust this guy. And he was appointed by none other than Donald Trump. It's another scar against Donald Trump. Dr. Scott Gottlieb, Revolving door. You know where I learned about the revolving door? It was actually from Democrats and liberals. I, I learned about the revolving door from liberals, about you know Monsanto and... Big biotech companies and corporations and pharmaceutical companies. Liberals used to be really angry about that kind of thing, remember? But they've kind of left that arena. And people like myself and people like you are still there. We're like, wait a minute, why are these pharmaceutical companies, why are these biotech companies getting all this support, all these bailouts, all this money? Why can they regulate themselves? This doesn't seem fair. Why are people going from the government to the regulators to the government to the regulators? guess people don't care about that anymore. Censoring of political opinions, censoring of information contrary to the propaganda of multinational corporations, censoring of things that just some people just don't like. They just don't like the statement or the post or whatever it is. Another report from the San Francisco Standard, we'll talk more about this later this week, just unveiled that countless doctors on social media that have been promoting vaccines and masks and social distancing and telling you stories about their husbands or their wives dying They also tend to have Ukrainian flags and LGBTQ statements on their profile. Turns out they weren't real. They were fake. Is that really a surprise to you? Hopefully it isn't a surprise. Hopefully you've been paying attention. But if it is a surprise to you, you're going to be a lot more surprised when you continue to dig into that information and you find out, oh, Health and Human Services, and this was reported almost a year ago, the HHS purchased advertising from ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, the New York Post, the LA Times, Washington Post, BuzzFeed, etc., including Newsmax, and paid them millions of dollars to advertise vaccines as part of a comprehensive media campaign at the request and behest of multinational pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer, that have board members that used to run the FDA that then gives approval to those vaccines. Huh. Kind of sounds suspicious to me. And now we find out that a lot of the doctors pushing this, they're not even real. The White House also used Facebook as an official censor. This is just coming out. White House told Facebook blatantly, this is a quote, we are gravely concerned... That your service is one of the top drivers of vaccine hesitancy. Period. They requested that Facebook censor any information just like the HHS was sponsoring the vaccine and not allowing there to be any kind of informed consent, not allowing there to be any kind of discussion or any kind of uh, conversation about it. The White House just said, you will censor this information. And the thing is, whether you have a stance on vaccines or anything, medicine, drugs, that's quote-unquote pro or anti, or you're just the average person who thinks, well, based on my health or based on the health of my family or based on this or that, based on what my doctor says, etc., based on informed consent, I'm kind of unsure. Tentatively, I might do it. That, that, those are the definitions of hesitancy, by the way. So the White House tells Facebook, Anybody who's unsure, anybody who's kind of slow to act, anybody who's kind of tentative about it, this is a problem and it's because of you, Facebook, causing this problem. We're finding out that the White House and the FBI that came to Facebook might be a lot worse than all the blame we put on the social media companies that were threatened to comply with this. This White House censorship also included an attempt to censor a viral video posted by Fox News broadcaster Tucker Carlson simply about the adverse events of the COVID vaccine. When a federal judge ordered that they had to release these documents, hundreds of thousands of them, everybody kind of forgot about that too, one set of documents included eight-plus pages of adverse reactions. Plus, they've already acknowledged that blood clots, they've already acknowledged that myocarditis, pericarditis, Neurological problems, etc. Prions disease are all just not symptoms. They are the direct effects of the vaccine. Now, Facebook wrote to a former Biden White House senior advisor, Andy Slavit. Facebook wrote this back. Regardless of popularity, the Tucker Carlson video does not qualify for removal under our policies. Surprisingly, Facebook said we're not going to censor that video. Maybe this is all part of the propaganda, though. Following the government's decision yesterday, we are allowing claims that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine causes blood clots, but we still do not allow categorical claims that it or other vaccines are unsafe or ineffective, which is kind of ridiculous because if it causes blood clots, that sounds unsafe and it sounds ineffective to me. But hey, what do I know? I'm not a fake doctor on Twitter. So what you need to know there is, without a doubt, without any kind of hesitancy... Corporations, government agencies, corrupt officials, et cetera, have been using Twitter and Facebook and other social media companies as their personal censors. Everybody from Dr. Scott Gottlieb, the FDA, Pfizer, the racist, sexist, bigot, disgusting piece of garbage, Katie Hobbs. Oh, and of course, the FBI and the Biden administration before they were even in the White House censoring the Hunter Biden laptop story, which they said was Russian propaganda. Turns out it wasn't. And what do all these things do when you censor information like this? People don't have access to it. They can't make informed decisions on vaccines or on who they're going to vote for. Sounds like a threat to democracy. doesn't just sound like it. It is a threat to democracy, whether that's raw democracy or it's a republic with democratic tendencies. Now, going even further than that, because it does go further than that, we've watched how hundreds of billions of U.S. tax dollars and money that doesn't exist which greatly contributes to inflation, have been shipped overseas to a country that has had intimate, shady, and treasonous business ties with the president and his family. That is to say, Ukraine and the Biden family. We've watched how that money supported fighting tactics, such as setting up military equipment next to schools and hospitals, according to Amnesty International, which they said endanger civilians. We watched... That same money pour back into the United States, largely to Democrats and the president, but also to some Republicans in a monumental money laundering operation run, at least on the surface, by Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX. And we continue to watch the political establishment of America that should be concerned with our border, our people, our defense, our flag, etc., neglect such things in favor of protecting a border and a people on the other side of the world while flying their flag even when it's clear that Ukraine is not only losing badly, but that they're run by a dictator who has stripped away the rights of publishing, press, free speech, and religion. In a war, that is a losing proposition, no matter how morally fought it is. Watching Zelensky, which now they spell with two Ys, a spelling that changes just like Kiev or Kyiv, Watching Zelensky literally meet with Hollywood actors, celebrities, etc. in the middle of a war reminds us of how Joe Biden literally has been conducting some of his events at a fake White House. Maybe you don't remember that. They built a fake White House set for staged events like Joe Biden getting his booster shot. Watching Zelensky and his Nazi Azov march right into the Capitol and demand money is shocking to say the least. And then calling it an investment really tops the whole ice cream sundae. And that's what they did, too. Nazi, actual Nazis, like real Nazis, not like these heroin addicts in the U.S., real Nazis, like actual blood-and-soil ritual Nazis, like Heinrich Himmler chicken farmer Nazis. Nazi Azov marched into our capital and demanded money. They said it was an investment, according to Zelensky. And it's not an investment. Unless what we're investing in is the military-industrial complex, the Democratic Party, corrupt Republicans, poverty, starvation, and global conflict. The entirety of human civilization is so fractured that breathing wrong or not having the right profile picture or the right emoji can be seen as an aggressive action deserving of prison time. Opposition and free thought are no longer allowed anywhere under any circumstances. Remember earlier I played you the clip. Joe Biden said that anybody who disagrees with his agenda is a fascist. Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre went further saying that if you don't like the majority, you don't agree with the majority, then you're an extremist, despite the fact that Joe Biden's approval rating is below 40%. And recently something else has happened. You might have seen the voting in... The House and Congress to pick a speaker for the Republican majority. Now, personally, I don't like Kevin McCarthy. I like very few politicians and congressmen and congresswomen and senators. But recently, we've seen Representative Dan Crenshaw and Fox News anchor Brian Kilmeade continue this dangerous, violent, undemocratic, and unrepublican rhetoric. They said that the few people, the few Republicans that did not want to vote for Kevin McCarthy, doesn't matter what you think of Kevin McCarthy, could be a good guy, could be a bad guy. But they said, Dan Crenshaw said, and Brian Kilmeade of Fox News said, if you don't vote for him, if you don't like him, you're an insurrectionist, you're a terrorist, and you're responsible for really bad things. You don't believe me? Take a listen to what Brian Kilmeade said on Fox News.
5: They could discuss ways to get around this and try to come together
1: today at, at noon. Right, but here's the thing. If you pick, Jim, just how so insincere the
0: insurrectionists are, we might, probably shouldn't use that word, the people that don't want to vote for Kevin they McCarthy. They Saboteur, saboteur, Saboteur. So we... This is...
3: Saboteur and insurrectionist. The words of the day, folks. You're a saboteur and an insurrectionist if you don't want to vote for Kevin McCarthy. Now, he is the speaker now, but... To suggest that a person who doesn't want to vote for McCarthy or anybody for that matter, put Big Bird up there to suggest that they're an insurrectionist, insurrectionists and saboteurs. Wow. And here, here's Dan Crenshaw, also on Fox News, Fox Radio. Listen to what he had to say about people that didn't want to vote for Kevin McCarthy. Another scalp, and another scalp. Whether it's whether it's Boehner or Paul Ryan or then McCarthy, Scalise would just be next, and we all know it. We just can't allow that to happen. That's why those of us are saying, like, look, you pushed us into this corner, so now we're now we're saying we won't vote for anyone but McCarthy. That's why we're saying it because we cannot let the terrorists win. We can't let the terrorists win. He's got an eye patch, though, so it's okay. Twenty Republicans refusing to support Kevin McCarthy. We're called terrorists, insurrectionists, and saboteurs for voting. Isn't that the very definition of a democracy? But there's more than that. The new Secretary of State for Arizona, the drug cartel attorney, Adrian Fontes, and, and I mean that literally. Our governor is a convicted racist and a convicted sexist, twice convicted, unanimously. And our new Secretary of State Adrian Fontes is literally an attorney or was an attorney for Mexican drug cartels. Now, he claimed he was going to work for all Arizonans, no matter if you voted for him or not. I didn't vote for him, but he was going to work for me. Now he's claiming the opposite now that he's been sworn in. Now he says we have to protect our elections from, quote, mega fascists. Also, the new Attorney General in Arizona, Chris Mays, or Chrissy Mays, I I saw it spelled Chris, I think it's Chrissy, but Chris Mays, seconded that opinion by stating, quote, we have to remain vigilant in order to protect democracy. Well, I thought that she won legitimately by like, literally a hand, like you could have held the votes in your hand that she won by. And after a recount, her votes, her uh, uh, ballots got cut in half. Uh, I highly doubt that woman won the election. But nevertheless, she says we have to protect our democracy and remain vigilant. And now our Secretary of State says we've got to stop these mega fascists. I thought they were going to work for everybody. Now, it, it's any question of the election tampering, rigging, manipulation, etc., if you're a Republican, is worse than raping a child. If you're a Democrat, it's acceptable if you're Stacey Abrams or if you're Hillary Clinton, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Oh, and then the whole raping a child comparison, that's actually okay if you're a Democrat. As long as you're within 10 years of age of the child, which is now a law in California, it's okay to rape a child. Even in Brazil, where convicted criminal, actually a convicted criminal, just people, it's no different than people like Fontes or people like Hobbes or people like Mays. This guy is a convicted criminal. Not that Mays or Fontes are convicted criminals, but drug cartel attorney, uh, convicted racist Hobbes, etc., where a convicted criminal, and therefore who's disqualified to be a candidate for president, Lula da Silva, won the presidency over Bolsonaro. The people have been protesting nonstop because they know that that election was rigged. Protest over the weekend, last weekend, involved mobs entering the grounds of the, of the Brazilian governmental uh, facilities like the parliament uh, or the Congress, uh, their Supreme Court, etc. And they did so peacefully. But the New York Times said, no. It wasn't peaceful. It was January 6th repeated in Brazil. And it was convenient that the protest in Brazil happened on the weekend. That was the anniversary for January 6th. And the New York Times and others said that the two events were cut from the same cloth. And the Bolsonaro who had went to Florida, he's in Orlando now, colluded with Donald Trump and a few other people like Steve Bannon, who personally, I can't stand that guy at all. But they, they, I doubt that they colluded together. Yes, a radio host, Donald Trump, a former president, and Bolsonaro, they colluded together to send protesters peacefully into Brazilian government offices. That's literally what the mainstream media has been saying. Same reason they invoke Hiroshima or Pearl Harbor or the Holocaust because of, well, how terrible January 6th was. All of this while ignoring people like Ray Epps, who literally texted his nephew that morning stating, quote, I was in the front with a few others. I also orchestrated it. Want proof? Just listen and watch the videos where he's literally orchestrating the organizing of marching on the Capitol while Trump supporters yell, He's a Fed, he's a Fed, he's a Fed, or we're not going to do that, or the countless videos where Trump supporters go to police and say, Hey, People are getting rowdy. There's agent provocateurs. Can you please stop this? And the Capitol Police, stand down. Tomorrow,
0: we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. Hey, oh! That direction. That's where our true problems lie. President Trump is done speaking. We are going to the Capitol. That's where our problems <laughs> lie. Okay, folks, we need your help. As soon as President Trump stops speaking, we are going to the Capitol. Capitol's in that direction. Let people know. Spread the word.
3: Well, the video and the audio evidence is, well, confirming of the text messages. He said I orchestrated it. You just heard a couple of clips. Those are hard clips to find, by the way. That's why I wanted to play them as well as others for you. Meanwhile, in Mexico, just a few miles south of where I am, a civil war has broken out, and remnants of it are beginning to pour across the southern border with drugs and violent criminals. But that is a reality denied to a lot of people, including the president, because when Joe Biden recently came to El Paso, Texas, the streets were cleaned up, so quickly that one might wonder why homelessness, drugs, violence, crime, etc. can't be cleaned up in every city. president comes to El Paso, the streets were cleaned up to cultivate the appearance of a functioning city. And what that tells us about these issues, homelessness, chronic street homelessness, drugs, violence, crime, border issues, supply chain problems, power outages, including open sabotage, etc., are all easy problems to fix. They only persist because they benefit the people in power. And that's very clear to see. But I want to go a step beyond that to conclude the show tonight. I want you to listen to Yuval Harari, the globalist, author, researcher, transhumanist. Tell us what we need to do for the future. How we need to respond to events as they change in real time. He says we need to learn or relearn how to see and how to hear things.
6: Uh, Maybe the most important quality to survive and flourish in the 21st century is to have mental flexibility. Not just to keep learning and changing again and again, also to keep letting go. Um, Part of what makes it difficult to learn new things that we hold on. Like, you know, I spent so many years learning something, and now the world has changed. Mm. And um, I I just don't want to let go. And letting go, maybe I'll give an example of how deep it goes. Like, it's not just what you learn in college or what you learned in kindergarten. It's even what you learned as a baby, as a toddler, like learning how to see Mm. or learning how to walk. And what does that mean? I have to relearn how to see and walk. Well, um, as virtual reality improves, and, you know, with all the talk of the metaverse and so forth, as we'll discuss later on, increasingly, it's likely that there will be many more activities shifting from the physical, biological world that we know into a new reality, a virtual reality, which has different physical and biological laws. So...
3: The world is changing. We need to reassess the way that we see, relearn the way that we see and the way that we hear and the way that we interact and the way that we do things. So when you clearly see that there's inconsistencies or hypocrisies, you need to relearn how to see those. You need to be re-educated into accepting the decimation and the destruction of actual reality and the building up of a fantasy world in your mind so you can be more easily assimilated with machines. That's where it's all going. That's Yuval Harari. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We covered quite a bit, and all those clips. Feel free to rip them out of the show and play them for your friends and family, etc. Imperium Mortem Est, The Fallen Empire. Tonight's show. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Don't be afraid, be informed. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Don Lester and David Parker tomorrow night on the show.